Before we start this episode, I want to give a big shout out to Zipster, local web people who help entrepreneurs and artists make kick-ass websites and get found online. Visit Zipster.com to find out more information. And on to the episode. Pizza, your platform for creatives, and today we have the amazing and talented and wonderful Jennifer Hasty. How's life? It's great. Yeah, it's with, hard right now. Yeah, it's with new- it being <laughs> National Hangover Day, but I'm hanging in there. It's New Year's Day, and obviously uh, I celebrate New Year's with uh, Jen and Alec probably for, probably for the past. I don't know. Seven years. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. Whether it be Atlanta or Greensboro or yeah. um, in Raleigh. Now Raleigh. We're yeah. in Raleigh now, and it's New Year's Day, and somehow at 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> we mustered up the courage to do this. We got around to doing this interview, which is long overdue. Yeah. Um, but Jennifer is a, uh, who are Jen? Jen Jennifer, whatever you call her. <laughs> Daniel's the only one who calls me Jennifer. I love calling you Jennifer. It makes me... Feel, uh, You're the only one who can get away with it. Makes me feel important. Um, <laughs> well, there was no, there will be no free pizza without Jen. So because uh, we collaborated with uh, Amplifier back in the day, but we'll yeah. talk about all that in a little bit. Yeah. But we gotta we gotta find out where this all started for Jen, <laughs> editor, copywriter, and writer. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Tell what's us about up? it. Um. So it kind of all started in high school. So I went to Rockingham County High School in Wentworth, North Carolina. That's so random. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they weirdly enough had a journalism class. Doesn't really seem fitting for a small town in Rockingham County, but it lasted and is still existing now. Um, I don't remember anymore why I took the class. I I kind of feel like it was on a whim. Um, But I had this really great, amazing teacher who deserves all the awards. Um, and her name is Angela Wilson. She still works there. She still teaches English. Or really? She teaches AP English and journalism. And I have just emailed her like the other day. Did like, you? So we still talk. She gave me this actually. No It was way. given to me by her mother. Rochelle yeah, her mother her. gave this to me and she gave it to me. So she's very dear to me. And um, so she taught journalism. And yeah. so we produced the high school newspaper. Just a bunch of like. I mean, I think that you have to be. I I'm not sure if you have to be in, if you can take it in the ninth grade, but it might yeah. be just like tenth S- until twelfth. Sophomore, yeah. Yeah, and so I took her class. Had no idea what I was doing, um, and I think initially I started out just like we. They would let us leave school, and go to businesses and stuff and try to sell advertisements so they would literally let us like i feel like that they wouldn't let you do that anymore really yeah like so we would get in our cars and go to businesses around town and try to sell advertisements and so i think that's what i initially started out doing yeah yeah and i of course was like a very uh scene kid (laughs) which is embarrassing to admit but i think we all had that phase we did yeah and so we had of course like the general sections that you would normally have in a newspaper. So it was like news and you had like culture, you had arts and entertainment um, and whatever else. I don't know. And so I was very much arts and entertainment and I always wanted to write a music review of whatever shitty album I was listening to at the time. (laughs) Um, And I would write these music reviews. And so what we would do is we would turn them in and she would print them out. And she would mark them up with green ink. It was always a green pen. Oh, man. And she had, like, the best handwriting. And she was always really sweet with her criticism. 
And she, it was in those moments that she really believed in me. And she, like, it almost felt like she was, like, pointing me out. Like, in a group of, like, maybe 20 kids. Like, it oh, was really? me. Who she, she, like, gravitated toward almost. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I came from a family where my grandmother was a nurse. So she very much wanted me to have that same path. Like, for some reason, she wanted me to be a doctor and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. I really had no desire to do that. I mean, also, I was a kid, so I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do anyway. Um, but in high school, this teacher just, her overwhelming love and just just simple, like, believing in, like, a student, like, really went far for me, mm-hmm. especially considering, like, how I was brought up as a kid where I didn't really have that much, like, positive reinforcement. Yeah, and support system. <clears throat> yeah, and so I kept going. Mm-hmm. And so you could take her class however much you wanted because in high school you just need electives, and it okay. doesn't really matter what it is. And so I think I started out in my sophomore year, and so I think I took journalism six t- five or six times, and then worked my way up to be the editor-in-chief for, like, three consecutive semesters. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it got to the... And so I wrote a ton of music reviews, and that's really what I thought that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I was like, I want to be a music journalist, because I love music so much. It didn't matter whatever the hell I was listening to. I loved writing about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was... You know, at, at the time, it was like metaphor on top of metaphor on top of metaphor, and it was stupid. Because, I mean, you're 16 writing about heavy, heavy Lolo. That's like, what I'm saying, lo- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, I literally wrote that. I have them in my closet. I'll show, I'll you, show really? them to you after this. I do yeah. want to see those. Yeah, and Alec used to write um, video game reviews that would take up two pages. <laughs> two pages. That does not Yeah, he me. was very passionate about that, which he still is still now. Still um, but it got to the point where if you're the editor-in-chief, you had to write an editorial. Um, and it got to the point where, like, I can't remember, like, the things I would write about. But um, it got to the point where, like, I had to write them so often that I ran out of stuff to write. Really? Well, I mean, can you, you're 17 and you... How so, many opinions oh, do you really have? Like, okay, I mean, yeah. they're opinion pieces, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And so I started just writing, like, satires, like, stuff that was just, like, total bullshit. Like, and it was just meant to be funny. And what's funny is that she laminated a few of my articles and she, when she teaches, like, Jonathan Swift yeah. and stuff, she shows my articles as examples of satire. Oh, wow. Yeah. No and, like, way. things that I wrote when I was, like, 17. And I had no idea what she I was still doing. Just shows and it. she still shows them. That has to be pretty uh, yeah. nice I mean, to know. Yeah. It's kind of an honor to be able to be, like, yeah. I was a teenager. I had no idea what the hell just I was doing. BS and she in. has it laminated along with, and this is embarrassing to admit, but a picture. We used to, you know, you have staff pictures and stuff. So, like, in a newspaper, you have your staff picture if, like, your article is featured. And so I'm like sitting on the floor with like my my uh, head in my hands like this, and I have like the most seen haircut ever, and like like a big blonde streak down, and it's like awful. And she told me that she still has it up, no, pinned on her like like whiteboard. Oh my god! Yeah, so that still exists. For sure. I feel like I need to give her an updated photo. Yeah, do it, do it. No, that <laughs> in the same will... in the same position. Absolutely not. That's the yeah. one. 
yeah, so, but anyway, um, that's where it all started. I mean, I had a really great teacher who believed in me and she became like a mother figure to me, which was like something I desperately needed yeah. during that time. And her love and her, her support and just how much she believed in me. Like I've never experienced that before where someone really like was like, wow, you're good at this yeah. and you need to keep doing that. Because I, at the time, like, I mean, throughout high school, I mean, you're, you're still young. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't understand what they are good at, but Absolutely not. I was able to have that around like 15, 16 from a teacher. Yeah. And that's yeah. a little bit more meaningful in a way where like they teach us for a living. They're professional. You know, like yeah. they, she went to school for this. Like she, she's, I think she has her master's degree. Like, I mean, she's very well educated and just like, she's done so many different things. Yeah. And her love and her support just, like, has guided me throughout my entire life. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've been in contact with her, like, throughout your years? Yeah. 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 yeah that's awesome. Yeah. She, um, I have a letter here somewhere that she wrote to me. I can't remember when it was, but, like, just this, this incredibly sweet letter, still in green ink, and she did it on purpose. And she even wrote, yes, she was like, I'm I using the that. same pen and everything. And she gave me this figurine on my desk that her... Um, past mother gave to her. Yeah. And she gave that to me. That you know? is insane. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And what's cool is that, you know, me and Alec, um, my fiance. Yes. And, um, Recent fiance. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. For real this time. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, but what's nice about it is that <clears throat> a lot of our friends who we both know yeah. ha- were in the same class. Like oh, we yeah. all experienced yeah. her. Like we all share that same love for her. And we that's all crazy. understand what it was like to be loved by her and to be mentored by her. Yeah. Like yeah. that's really what it was like to be in high school and to have a mentor. That's dope. You know? That's such and, a critical part yeah, of your life. Yeah. And she's the reason I, like I, she's the reason I got an English degree and mm-hmm. I never thought twice about it. Yeah. That's so, amazing. I yeah. think I also envy you. For finding your passion in high school. That's not very common. Yeah. Um, but what what a hell of a thing. And it's just like, all right, writing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's, it's so, as it being, yeah. Because before that. This might you, not make me money ever. Ever. Like most of the arts is very risky anyway. It's especially right. writing. So. Yeah. Did you have any passions before? Before we go to college? Um, honestly, I don't think so. But so this is like the first thing I don't, that... I don't think so because yeah. I think toward... And this is such a Greensboro kid thing. Yeah. I mean, did you ever post up at the Barnes & Noble at Friendly? Um, not till college years. Okay. Yeah. We did it in high school. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And so I went straight to the magazines always. Oh, yeah. Always yeah. to the magazines. Yeah. And I always would always pick up Magnet Magazine. And okay. yeah. I would like flip through it and be like oh my gosh like this is amazing <laughs> and like and then ap magazine and like and oh, yeah all, all of those and then what is the magazine where like they would have like the colored covers and then inside was newspaper do you um, remember that i don't know if i remember that one yeah it was a, it, music it was one a lot yeah it was a lot like ap oh, but man. i i used to love all of that yeah. and i would just like sit there and just like admire all of it yeah i just thought it was amazing and so I really think that my my passion was never newspaper writing. It was just always magazine. Magazine style. Always magazine, always music. music. Yes. Always all of that because you know when in high school, especially with like our group of people, you grew up going to shows. 
All the time, every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like so much of my time spent that that became my passion. Yeah. Yeah. Where like you would listen to an album and be like, holy shit, like I feel like I could write like an entire paragraph about this one song. Yeah. Yeah. Or not a paragraph, but like an entire article about this one song. And um, it was finding that passion in this music, whether it was terrible or not. Um, <laughs> but like at 16, like to be able to be like, wow, I love this. Yeah. And now I'm almost 30, and I still love this. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. That's, uh, for a lot of people, that's uh, it's very hard to find. Yeah, I know? feel really lucky. Yeah. And I, I am indebted to her for, like, kind of lighting that fire for me. Because um, I don't think that I would have. I have no idea what I would be doing now. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's, it weren't for her. It's crazy how some people just change everything for you. You don't even yeah. know it until it happens. Yeah. In a small ass town of Reedsville. Reedsville. Yeah. My goodness. I keep forgetting you're from that area, but it makes sense. Brown Summit, though. Brown, so you're Brown Summit area. Brown Summit was Camilo. Oh, shout, from, shout out yeah, to the home of Camilo up in New York doing his thing. I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm I sure hate you probably listen to this. So, yeah, yeah shout out to you. You are the worst, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so you going after that, you transitioning into college. So first of yeah. all, why UNCG? I know you knew what you wanted to do, but why, why'd you go to UNCG? It was the only college I applied to. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. The okay. only college I applied to. Um, I, just to be frank, grew up with nothing. Yeah. And, um, and it kind of just felt like an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my family is in Greensboro. I was dating someone at the time who was still in high school. Mm -hmm. It was just one of those things where like all of my friends and family were here and it was kind of like a why not? Like yeah. they're like UNCG is a great school. It doesn't get yeah. enough credit. I agree. Um, I mean, it has its ups and downs of course, but like as, as like a general, like, you know, especially like the English department at UNCG is amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. and it was really the only thing that I applied to. And um, my aunt, shout out to my aunt, Tracy. Yo, shout out to Aunt Tracy. Um, she paid for my application fee. Dope. Yeah, and I remember sitting in her upstairs applying to college and feeling just like, great. Like, I am excited for this. And like, I, you know, I took the SAT. Like, I filled out like my FAFSA and everything. And I got really lucky in that like, I had zero money. Yeah. And of course, I got accepted. You know, UNCG is not... Or it used to not be a hard school to get into. I think yeah. it's gotten progressively it gotten, harder. Uh, yeah, they have yeah. recently. Yeah, I've yeah. heard. And um, so I, of course, got in, and my FAFSA covered everything. Sick. Yeah, everything. So, so I got, I got really, really lucky. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, UNCG was just kind of like a, it was there. Like, if, if I could have done it all over again, I probably would have went to somewhere else. <clears throat> like, maybe App. Interesting. The app has okay. a really great, I think, journalism school too. Ooh, they do actually. Um, yep. UNC, well, as well. I have no idea if, if I would have gotten in. I definitely coasted through high school. Yeah. Um, but I have no regrets. You know, like I was able to be around all of my friends and family. Um, I have cultivated so many incredible friendships and relationships by going to UNCG. So absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy because from when I grew up, everyone I went to school with went outside of the this area so it seems like you, a lot of your friends from high school came to uncg yeah That's awesome. we, all, we stayed and i mean we're really lucky as you know that we're a part of the same group of friends yeah, Although we, we didn't go yeah. to high school together but you know a lot of us did mm -hmm. and we're really lucky in the sense that 
you know, we went to high school and we're still all friends with each other. And we all love each other and, like, nothing has ever changed. And I feel like a lot of people don't get that luxury. Absolutely not. That's very, that's very um, uncommon. Well, and, and also with the fact that we love our family. We absolutely yeah. love our family. Yes. As Alex's sister's in my guest bedroom right now sleeping. Probably which is sleeping. What I wish I could be doing right now. But well, you're here. We'll talk about you're that here. later. Exactly. <laughs> Give me some of your time, Jamie. You can go to sleep. <laughs> She's like, get out of my house, Daniel. <laughs> but no, so, hell yeah. So tell us about um, your time at UCG then. Like, um, obviously, you went through the English program yeah. and journalism and all that. Yeah. So, um, how was it for you? So. When I was at UNCG, they did not have a journalism program. Okay. It was just strictly English. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the same thing. I thought that they had a journalism program. I, I learned out the hard way. Okay. No, they okay. had like a mass media or something, like new media. Or oh, something. Okay, so it was kind of an indirect And honestly, way. I do wish I would have done that because I, I think some of that, I'm, I might be wrong about this, but I think some of it comes with like a graphic design aspect to it, and I would love. That would have been very useful. Love, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause that is something that I wish that I would have done. If I wouldn't have done English, I would have done design. Mm-hmm. Um, so my time in school, um, <laughs> I was a great student the first two years <laughs> of college. The easier years. And I mean, I was great. Like yeah. I still have all of my notebooks. Actually, I'm not, we've moved so much. I don't know if we actually threw them away or not. I hope not. Um, but but I was a very big note taker. Like I love handwriting and um my so yeah all right i'm trying to like start from like the beginning um i think a big passion of mine is literature yes um and a lot of that came from college where you like i mean as an english major you don't get taught grammar nothing like that it's not like you're learning like writing 101 or something you're reading a shit ton of books Damn, really? Yes. I guess that does make sense. You're reading a lot of books, and you're writing essays on them. Yeah. And you're taking tests on them, and you're, like, reading, like, crazy, which I think is, I have a hard time reading now because... Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a whole other thing, like, and that's something that I would love to start, like, me and Alec have been talking about, like, keeping each other, like, in check, like, it does we don't have to be reading the same thing, but, like, at least... Something. Yeah, something. Yeah, at all times. Yeah, I mean, I have, like, a pile of like 10 books by my bed and i've touched three of them yeah it's hard yeah it's it's difficult um but anyway um the beginning of my college time grew my love for old literature Mm -hmm. um and that also leads into the amount of latin i took oh yeah i took latin too Yeah. yeah i could almost minor in latin how much i took latin the only class i failed was I think Latin one oh two oh three and I was so sad. Did I have never failed anything in my entire life, like oh, as far as like no. a class goes. Yeah. And it was awful. It was oh, so bad. Was it devastating? <clears throat> yeah. But what was nice was is that like you got like a free pass, like you have to take the class, but if you pass it then it doesn't show up on your transcript. Okay. Yeah. Um and that was terrible. And then I, I ended up retaking it and it was fine. And I, so, I mean, I graduated in time. Yeah, but I said you still um, did well. Which is still, who cares if you graduate in time? Yeah. But um, but then Latin 204, you had to recite the first seven lines of the Aeneid and be able to put the inflictions on every syllable. Yeah. 
and you had to like say it in the voice of like the poet and yes. stuff and it was you had to go into like the professor's office and recite it by heart with like in perfectly by and that, heart yes and that was like part of your part of your like final oh my god and it was terrible and i think i might have burned every latin book that i had after that <laughs> like literally burned it because oh. i was so done with it <laughs> And now to this day, like Alex Dad will be like, "Hey, Jen, you know Latin," and I'm like, "I know what boy and girl means," and that's about it. However, in my defense, if I ever had kids, I would make them take Latin. Very, I tell people all the time, Latin is the. the I learned root of- everything that I know about grammar and vocabulary from Latin. Yes. I can't read a damn sentence in Latin, but I can tell you sentence structure and grammar, and what a word possibly means yes because of that on a prefix and, and, and all that. Yeah, yeah and i don't regret it at all and so that was a big bulk so i mentioned latin because that was a big bulk of my college career oh, was yeah. the struggle of like keeping up with these all these latin classes and then another um notable class that i took in college was um a middle english class that was like a graduate level like a gra- graduate school level class yeah and I love Canterbury Tales. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And so um, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. Um, and so I was like, hell yes. I'm going to take this class. And it was like with like the head of the um, grad school for the English department. Oh, and wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I dropped. I was like, hell no. After two days. Because <laughs> they literally were making you learn you had to learn how to speak Middle English. Well, I say that type of uh, <clears throat> within a week. Speech. And I was like, I'm learning Latin right now. I'm not learning two languages at the same time. Oh and I gosh. switched out immediately. Um, but that being said, another really cool. There's two more cool things about my college experience. Um, there was, I almost had a concentration in poetry, in mm-hmm. creative writing poetry. Um, that would have been dope. Yeah, and you would have loved these classes. Yeah. You really would because they were workshops. And the first one, it's like a 101 and then a 102 and then a 103. Yeah. And I took him with like one of my really great friends, Matt, who we were in every English class together. And so it was really great to have him there. Like, he didn't take life seriously and I didn't either. Like, we were just having fun. Like, we loved reading and learning about literature and stuff. So it was fun to have him there. Um, and so... You had to write poems, and you had to read them out loud, and you had to accept criticism. Oh, God. From people whose poems might be way shittier than yours. Right. And you had to learn how to accept that and apply it to your writings, which was, which is a great skill to learn, yeah. especially like when you're going into like a professional setting. And it was great, because there were some teachers who were absolutely amazing, and so I took, I think, two or three classes, and then it was our senior year, and we took the last one. Mm-hmm. And they were making you write a poem, like, every week. And so as a senior, I had no time for that at all. So I ended up um, changing out that class. So I was, like, a class away from having that concentration in creative writing poetry, but I was like... You was like, nah. Nah, I'm good. Damn, that um, would have been so dope. Yeah, but it didn't... Yeah. There's no real purpose for that for me. It would have been nice, yeah, be I cool. guess. It would be cool just to kind of show on paper. Right. Um, yeah. But then the other thing, too, is that um, I can't remember her name. I think her last name is Dowd. 
or Michelle Dowd, maybe. She, toward the end of my time at UNCG, she became the head of the English department. She was, like, the best, best professor I ever had. And she, like, she did, like, actual research work that she would let us participate in. That's really nice yeah. and hands-on. Right. And yeah. so there was, like, some auction where, like, an old transcript came up and they like realized like who who was by and then they ended up translating it and stuff and she was like one of the people who was like there as like the linguistics like i, I don't know what you call it person, yeah something yeah. like that yeah and um so she gave us that as part of our assignment yeah yeah and so she gave us a literal like a copy of the actual page and so what we had to do is we had to take the actual like page and translate it into what we thought it was going to be. And that was one of our assignments. That's that was dope. like one of the coolest things I yeah. think I was able to do in college to be able to be like that hands on with something that was like actually happening like as we were in class. Right. Right. Um and she was like the best teacher because of that hands on experience. Um and I just absolutely loved her. And she was one of the main reasons I was try- I was potentially um looking into doing grad school, which I decided against. Okay. Okay. Um oh, bummer. I was yeah. wondering how um has that, that we, we can go on. That's probably a future thing. But have you teetered on going to grad school or not? No. No, nah, you just. Yeah, no, done. I'm good. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good on it. Oh, so I know you, um, you're going to get into more writing when you got in, get into your internship. Um, but yeah. did the, because through this, talking about the college stuff, you didn't really write a lot. So No, no. So uh, outside of assignments, but like you right. made a music passion in high yeah. school. Yeah, so that's a great point actually. Yeah. Um, because there was the Carolinian. Right. Um Perfect. which is UNTG's newspaper. Mm-hmm. And so that was my experience in high school. So I was like, I should probably do this. Perfect. Yeah. Um and I didn't I started probably a little bit too late and I cannot remember I only did like two assignments because I hated it. In the Carolinian. Yeah, yeah. I did not like the experience. Um, and I'm not sure why it's probably nothing against the Carolinian. It was probably just all about like balancing that work with school. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember having to go to something and I was trying to like, you know, I had my notepad and like write all these notes and have my recorder. And I think it was like a symphony or something and like having to like write a review on it. Yeah. And I had like two of those experiences and I feel like I remember, like, my articles being, like, torn apart, which was fine and normal that as, happens. like, a new writer, yeah. right? And um, so that happened, and that didn't last very long. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, and that's something that I, I somewhat regret. Um, I wish that I would have, like, stuck with it, like, a lot like how I did in high school. Um, but college takes up so much of your time, oh, yes, especially, yes, yes, yes. like, as, I mean... Free Pizza is sponsored by the Center for Visual Artists, also known as CVA. We are a nonprofit arts organization that supports local emerging artists as well as the Greensboro arts community. Please come visit us at 200 North Davies Street in Greensboro, North Carolina, inside the Cultural Arts Center in downtown. Granted, a lot of people who are in the Carolina are probably English majors too, so yeah, they probably yeah. did a little bit better of like a balance than I did. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really affect me at all. With you, you know, as far as like experience goes, like getting okay. getting jobs and stuff. Like I didn't there necessarily wasn't... be like, hey, I had to 
do this for the Carolinian. Yeah. That wasn't really a big factor in... Yeah, but on the flip side, I just DJed for WAG for semester after semester. (laughs) I think we all did it. Yeah, we did. We did. It was easy, man. It was super, it was super fun, too. Yeah, it was very fun. Wow. So at least you got some, you know, you got some experience of that in college, you know, and just something you didn't like. And and then I had my internship. Right. So yeah, we won't go to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that was in my junior year, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, cause I remember that that jump started my student loans, um, Ooh, yeah. because my first two years were paid for. And then, um, I had a boyfriend who broke up with me to go to an internship in like Virginia. And I was like, screw you. If you can do that, I'm going to go yeah. somewhere too. And so that's literally like what happened. Yeah. I was like 20, 19, 20. And, um, so the magazine that I was mentioning before, Magnet Magazine, like where I would go to like Barnes and Noble and go look at magazines, mm-hmm. I contacted them. No way, here we go. And right was here. like, "Hey, I know that you offer internships. I'm interested in one." And he emailed me back immediately. He was like, "Cool." No, it was that easy. Yeah, it was really easy, and I didn't realize how small Magnet Magazine actually oh, was. Okay. Okay. Um, because in my eyes, it was like this enormous magazine. Like it was, it was beautifully laid out. It had all of my favorite bands. Um, and it was really tasteful. And so I thought it was like this big, like. It's a big production. Yeah. This big company. Yeah. And yes. it wasn't okay. at all. Okay. But my internship was slightly bullshit. Really? Yeah. But I, so I was 20. And I sublet an apartment across from UPenn's campus in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I had a friend who was living there um, and had two really great friends, Colin yes. and Austin, yes. who rode up with me. Um, and they moved me in. And like, it, it got kind of weird because the editor at Magnet, like, his wife got really, really sick. Mm hmm. And he lived in Jersey. So, like, a lot of people in Philly... Um, commute from Jersey? Commute from Jersey. Really? Is that is that easy to commute? it's cheaper to live there. It's cheaper to live in Jersey... Yeah. ...than Philadelphia. Yeah. Philly's really expensive. Okay. Um, yeah, big city. I should yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know that at the time. I was yeah. just like, what the... Yeah, like, that, sounds, what? that sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. And so, I was like, well, I'm here. Like, I moved here for the summer for, like, this internship. Yeah. And, um... And he was really apologetic and stuff. Um, but what we ended up doing is that I just ended up, they had like two segments. I can't remember what it was called. One was called MP3 at 3 p.m. Um, and then the other one was something else. I cannot remember. And so the MP3 at 3 p.m. was just a very short music review that went live at 3 p.m. of okay. just a song. Yeah. And so I would write those. Nice. Yeah. And so I wrote one. I wrote ones about a lot of bands. Like I remember Health was one. Awesome. Um, at Battles was one. Um, just a lot of like weird bands because that's like what Magnet wasn't like AP. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like the whole scene crowd of it things. Was it was very like, like, like a niche. Yeah. Yeah. Type of music, um, which is why I loved about them. Yeah. Exactly. And so I went there with. Um, student loan money and at 20 I did not know how to manage that money and so I went broke very fast really quickly yeah and yeah. freaked out 
Um, yeah, but no, I don't regret anything. Yeah. It it was great. It's part of the journey. It was great, but what was weird is that it just wasn't like a stereotypical internship. I did not have to move to Philadelphia for that. No. But in the grand scheme of things, I could not have predicted any of that. Yeah. Um, but it was a great experience. I loved Philly. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like the greatest city ever. (laughs) And like, I had so much fun because our friend Joel went to Temple there and he had like all these friends and they were super nice and he took me like everywhere. We weren't remotely 21, but like we've, we found our way You found your way around. around. Yeah. Yeah. You always do. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And it was, it was a nice like round out to like go back to, go back to college and like, all right, I have this experience and then I can finish the rest. Yeah. So. This is the same Joel that, um, yeah. What's his last name? Faltemeyer? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Super nice dude. Super Shout nice out to Joel. Yeah, shout out to Joel, just a homie. Um, wow. So with the three PM to MP three, were you able to get a free range to choose wherever you wanted? Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. And so, so what he would do, like the editor would send out an email. I'm not sure if it was daily. It might have been daily. Um, and was like, hey, here are these bands. Okay. Um, and you, you got to kind of like choose which bands you wanted to write about. And so I would pick three. Nice. Okay. And so I would spend the day writing reviews in my small apartment i was gonna say probably wasn't anything huge well no honestly it was a really nice apartment was but it? i but it was a sublet so there was like four other people and they were all oh. medical students oh god oh, and so god. i never got to i never saw them i never communicated with them aside from one who would leave like really passive aggressive notes oh my god like yeah like she, she was the worst like clean dishes something like that or no it was like hey don't don't put the thermostat at 69 because that's how you get colds oh my so you're a medical student man (laughs) that's not how that works how much sense does that make yeah exactly that's a whole different podcast we'll talk about that right another podcast passive aggressiveness that's fine (laughs) 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 no but okay that's crazy so you had that yeah summer intern internship yes so a couple months yeah okay yeah come on to that and you kind of left like okay well you did kind of what you were wanting to do yeah you came back kind of fulfilled you know it was a cool opportunity to be at 20 years old yeah right yeah. yeah yeah it was i mean especially with being like 16 being like i post up at the barnes and noble in friendly center exactly being like, i love this magazine and then i get to write for it so yeah yeah that was cool so that wasn't an internship that you were that was mandatory Did uh you need no it was it was mandatory so you had to find something yeah i had yeah. to find something yeah 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 did you apply anywhere else or did you just go straight no to magnet? i just went for that should have made that because that guy broke up with me and was like yeah i have to go to this internship in virginia and i'm like well screw you i'm going to philly i'm gonna go over here to philly what's up yeah bye wow okay yeah you came back from the summer internship yeah and had some experience under your belt and obviously that fulfilled uh, education requirement for you to graduate but that was that was junior year you said right yeah that was it might have honestly been between sophomore and junior year sophomore really that early in the game yeah yeah because i know it wasn't 21 yet Okay, okay. Yeah. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So you came out from yeah, that. Yeah, so it's around then. And you got more, I guess, more into your classes, I guess. Yeah. Higher level. Yeah. Edu- yeah. Education. I already yeah. kind of, like, touched on that a little bit with, like, um, some of those professors because one okay. of, the, like, the class with, like, the um, transcript was my senior that year. That was your senior year. That was where your yeah. was capstone, you could say? Yeah. 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 Something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I graduated. Yeah. You graduated. And it was great. 2013? 2012. 12. Okay. Yeah. 2012 because I met you in around 13. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. We'll get into that because that is going to evolve yeah. uh, very uh, 
very critical part of I your feel life. Like this is gonna be the longest conversation. It's gonna be just good though, <laughs> because this our journey's kind of so much to still talk about. <laughs> I know our journeys collide. I feel like I need another. I need to like ping Alec and be like, yeah, give me another drink. Bring me some more drinks. We're 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 vibing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that led into your first gig, your first job after college. Yes. Um, I worked for a company that specializes in servicing nuclear gamma cameras. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and the only reason I worked there is because of my now fiance, which is a weird word to say now. You said it twice now. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's being natural, you know. It's great. Yeah. Um, his mother works there. Yes. And she is my angel, Lisa Wiggs. Shout out to Lisa. I love her. Love. Um, and she needed some help, just like around the office. Yeah. And so I was there because at the time Alec was going on like a backpacking trip that he had already had planned and everything. And so he was there and I was just hanging out. So I was like, I need some money because um, I had <laughs> nothing going on. Yeah. And then that kind of led into a full-time job. Sick. And then it was just kind of like office administration type of work. And then that led into like ISO, I, uh, ISO and FDA regulations. Okay. Um, which is just standardization kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they do servicing and selling and refurbishing of these systems. And what makes them look better is if they're standardized, like with their procedures. And so that's what like the ISO and the FDA um, side of things comes in. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care less about that kind of thing. <laughs> and so I worked there for about two years. I loved those people to death, though. And they were great. And it was a great stepping stone as far as like being a part of like a professional setting and something that I've never been in before. Um, and so I'm really appreciative of my time there. But I have an English degree. Mm-hmm. I have like a deep love for Victorian mm-hmm. literature. I am not meant to be here. <laughs> That's not what you know? And so like this ain't for me. Um and yeah, and then that became the time of rethinking, hey, how can I get to where I want to be? You love and what you do for money. Right. Yeah. 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 So after that is when the wonderful and amazing Yeah. Crucial part of your, your life yeah, started. A life changing part of my life started in I would say the beginning of 2013. It was, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, where I was like, honestly, I feel like I'm getting old because I can't totally remember all the details anymore. But um, I was like, I have, I'm surrounded by all of these people mm-hmm. who are designers um, and who are musicians yes. and who are artists mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I love magazines. I like writing. You do all this stuff. And no one knows about it. Let's create a zine. Yes. And so I started talking to people I knew. And there were a lot of like people who really wanted to help out, mm-hmm. which was nice. Mm-hmm. And so we assembled like a very small team of people and then like we would have them over at our house and we would have like meetings and stuff and just be like, like an interest meeting kind of thing. Yeah. And it was nice because everyone was interested in it and they were like, hell yeah, let's do this. 
And so we came up with the name, um, which is inspired by a Boris song. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, tell us about the name. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> with Amplifier. Yeah, no one really knows this. Yeah, exactly. Besides, this like, is... our friends. Yeah. Um, so we knew that we wanted to do this, like, zine and stuff. And I was like, I don't know what name we should name it. And so everyone I know, everyone who knows me knows that I love Boris. Um, <laughs> shout out to Boris, really good. Yeah, shout out to Boris. And um, so I would be writing in Alex's old forerunner and <laughs> listening to boris and like it when you want to name something i feel like you look at every little thing yes, around you like absolutely. just looking for inspiration and be like could i use that could i use that could i use that and nothing was working and then the song um afterburner came on yeah which i love that song so much and i was like that's a cool fucking name like that's a cool name afterburner afterburner yeah i really wanted to name amplifier afterburner yeah which makes no sense it, <laughs> it makes doesn't. it makes no sense but it sounds cool yeah and then but then like the so i, th- I think afterburner's on amplifier worship but i can't remember um but what I remember is, is that like, you know, on those old like CD players, like in cars that you would like install yourself, mm-hmm. um, it would show the song name and then it would change to the album name and it said amplifier and then it said worship. It would like scroll up a little bit. Oh yeah. And I was like, amplifier, amplifier. is a cool name. Amplifier. Dude. So amplifier is named after amplifier worship by Boris, the album. Yo, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. And so... We created Amplifier. Um, and I say we because I could not do this by myself. Oh, absolutely. at all. I mean, you could if you really wanted. It'd be a lot of work. Um, but... I will say that the duration of it and it staying afloat was definitely a me thing. But it was 100% a team effort. Yeah. Like, there, throughout the however many years, I think we're looking at like three. She has a magazine stacked up right here. And yeah, it's actually giving all me of them. some feels as well. All of them, man. Look, that is yeah. Those were um, there were a lot of people who cared about this. Yeah, a lot of people who cared about this, and mm-hmm. a lot of people who cared about me. Yeah, um, and mm-hmm. wanted to see this succeed, and we saw it succeed. Yeah, we did. I think we it did. Was, I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. I came that's in. how we became friends. That is. That's where our, our journeys collide yeah. with Amplifier. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jacob. He told me to get in touch with you because I was a photographer yeah, looking. I was trying to look for some ways to, you know, kind of um, enhance my craft. Yeah. Um, photography. And that's how we, uh, that's how we uh, became BFF, friends. Man. I know, now we're, we're uh, the we best of friends. Other, we but... don't like each other at all. Yeah, you're the worst. Worst enemy. Yeah, but get I'll out do of my any, house. I would do anything for you. <laughs> you know, I'll be, I mean, I've uh, sidetracked myself, but I, my a lot of what I will be doing with, with my photography now would not be a thing without Amplifier. So, <laughs> all the shows, everything. So, I thank you for that. But that's the only well, compliment. Thank you, man. That's the only compliment you're getting <laughs> from me. I'm sure. <laughs> So yeah, so I can't wait until this interview is over. I know you ready. You just ready to go to sleep and probably drink some I'm more. I'm actually good now. You're good now. Yeah, I'm like awake. My headache's gone. That's good. Yeah. You're shout just... out to vodka. Oh, shout out to vodka and all your berries you're eating. She didn't offer me any blueberries, but it's okay. Do you want this raspberry? Yeah, I'll take it. It has vodka in it. Oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Back to it. Yeah. So, 2013, the manga's up and going. So tell us about the first issue. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> and how it came to to be. I love and hate this first issue. Um, so this, so what we're looking at now is a first pressing. So mm-hmm. we ended up pressing this twice. Okay. Um, see, it's bent in the middle, which is sad. Um, <laughs> so gosh, I have to look through this. Oh God, this is terrible. But what do you? Have you probably get so many feelings looking at that? Looking at what you're doing now, and then like this. I mean, that was okay. Now, so just to name out some names, contributing writers. Here we go. Me, Jordan Childers. Shout out Jordan. Houston Clark. Houston, yes. Colleen Hayes, Alec Wiggs. <laughs> yes. Tay Rutledge. Tay, what's up? Martha. Shout out Martha. Max Baines. Shout out Max. Travis Schuster. Shout out Travis. And Joey Oldow. Joey, oh my God. And Shout then to Joey. also. Um, Khadijah and Travis did the photos, and then for design, Tay helped. Yeah. Brian Morganti helped, mm-hmm. and then it was me. So that's actually a good lead-in to Brian. Yes, this, this um, t- Brian's a powerful dude. Because when I first started doing Amplifier, I went to Brian Morganti of Flesh and Bone Design, um, who now is in, back in Pennsylvania but was living in Greensboro all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. And he had run a zine in Pennsylvania, and I knew that. And I think that I had m- maybe mentioned this in passing with him. And he had offered his help and his assistance to like try to understand like how things work mm-hmm. um, with zine layouts and stuff. And so what's interesting about him is that he doesn't use any Adobe products, um, and he uses something called Paint.net. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he still uses that now, but free. at the time, it he was, and it's completely free. Um, however, not meant for text layouts that I learned out the hard way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I met up with him and he like downloaded it on my laptop, gave me like a zip file full of fonts and then like roughly showed me how to like put things where. Yeah. And that's what you see in this first issue. Of, like, I designed this, like, masthead. Where, oh, yeah. And he also gave me, like, a website of, like, backgrounds and stuff yeah. that were free. And so I designed that. And then, of wow, course. I took that. You did? Yeah. You didn't credit you, man. <laughs> I looked at the first issue. I have a photo that I took. Damn. <laughs> I didn't get any credit for it. We all learned what the hell? mistakes. Nah, it's all good. I don't care. And so he designed like the Barrow pages. So shout out to Barrow. Look, yeah, Travis, Zach, Matt, and Jacob. Jesus, that's hilarious. I took all those. Yeah, yeah, that's sick. Um, and this was Tay with the TYP house. Yo, holy TYP? crap! Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, Lynn's Hart, who used to be a uh, tattoo artist at um, Kingpin okay. Studio. Yeah, and she was the one who was our cover artist. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so each issue there was a cover artist for each for issue each there was one, a cover artist. Which is so badass. Um then the next feature was a movie called Bombshell Bloodbath. And this is what I think Houston Clark had to have written this because he, he had a big like film background. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then of course we did Flash and Bow Design. Um and Max did a write up for them and then Joey did a write up for Hot, Hot Basic. Basic. Yes, rest and in peace. And then neither seen nor heard. 
<laughs> Travis wrote that. Oh, man. Um, And then, like, we tried to do this, like, artist classifieds page where, like, hey, if you're looking for something, you know, like, hey, this band needs a drummer. Are oh, you a drummer? Yeah, that's dope. And then, like, we had a page for that. It did not last. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we had this, uh, there's this one um, article on Glenwood Coffee and Books. Is that place or some piece? Yeah. So I did that layout. And then we had an events calendar. Yeah. And then this is actually kind of cool because this guy is, like, practically famous now. Really? Yeah. And so at the end, um, Larkin Ford, I will not say that he's practically famous. I'm probably getting that wrong. Jordan might kill me, but. Um, he, I think like this, it's called the M theory, like a comic book and, but it's relatively well known now, Really, which is really cool. And he's from like Taylorsville or Hickory or Wilkes County or something like that. Um, and so this was in our first issue and that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's the only one. No, we've stapled the rest except for the little the um last four but we hand stapled this one and we hand we printed it ourselves which was a disaster <laughs> um at work we had this like industrial printer and i thought that i could print it at work and then i started printing it and it looked like total garbage and like just like the ink was really terrible yeah um and i can't remember what we ended up doing um, but the only thing I do remember is that it's like one of the first pictures on our Instagram where we hand stapled it in our guest bedroom. Um, and that's how we got the first one. That um, is, and wow. I, I kind of hate looking at it. Like I like looking at it because it's so like, I cannot believe how far we've, well, we this came. sign of the times. But like what we were talking about earlier, there are no heads on any of these yeah. articles. The Barrow one just says Barrow. The Hot Basic one just says Hot Basic. Hot Basic, yeah. And coming from like a journalism background, it's like, why didn't I do that? It's almost like a no-no. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. You live and learn, though. Yeah, and and we and we did, and um, I'm trying to think. Was there an event for that release, or did you just put it out? There was an event. There was. Um. Yeah. There had to have been, but I can't remember where it was. Okay. Um. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember when we first started. Yeah. I, it had to have been like with with each release. Well, definitely was when I started on, which is the one that was later on that year. You definitely have events for it. Yeah, like um. This episode is brought to you by Stay Blovely, a brand out of Greensboro. Everyone should know about. That's S T A Y B L U V L Y. Each piece of clothing fuses fashion with designs that empower the black community while teaching the basis and meaning of black origins and culture through short videos about each piece on their site. Plus, you can get everything from long and short sleeve tees to hoodies and sweatshirts for under $40. Oh, and shipping is free all day, every day. Visit stayblovely.com. That's S-T-A-Y-B-L-U-V-L-Y.com. To shop their collections, and on to the episode. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, we definitely had one for practically everything, but yeah. like the beginning of it, event-wise, is kind of blurry. Wow, that's nuts. So, yeah. you had your first one, 
and what kind so obviously something you were driven to do and very passionate about it but obviously you probably hit some roadblocks you know by yeah. you know getting a team together and deadlines and all that yeah. so obviously you had some kinks to work out after the first one but going forward what kind of uh what was the experience like did it get harder as it became more known and you know you're getting your name out there so obviously you could the hardest part is, you know, making something grow and become more popular and marketing and spreading all that. So how were you able to do that? Um, it was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. Um, it was trying to figure out how to balance having a nine to five job mm-hmm. with having a nine to five job after work. Yeah. Um, where I had no free time, mm-hmm. like at all, but no, it was fine. Sense. Yeah. It was totally fine. I didn't care. Like, I, I don't ever remember caring. Yeah. Up until it was, like, the day that it needed to go to print, and then I was, like, scrambling. That sucked. Because it was always, like, really last minute. Oh, yeah. I remember those, um, I remember those emails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please yeah. get your articles Come on, in. guys. Right. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that that was really hard. Like, yeah. that was really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, especially when it comes to it being volunteer-based, where... Mm-hmm. Everyone is doing this out of their own kindness of their own hearts. Um, And I can't be like, hey, I can't force you to do something because I'm not not paying paying you. You know, like I I like my entire time at Amplifier, like I refuse to do that. Um, So I would like I like if someone wouldn't send me something, I would like kindly send emails and stuff. But like I'd never felt comfortable being like, hey, you have to do this because you really don't. I'm giving you no incentive to do this. Yeah, you really other don't. Other than the experience. And, but at the same time, that's how Amplifier was like, able to stay afloat because it was just people who were really passionate about it mm-hmm. and also wanted the experience. Um, because it was a lot of people like starting out. Yeah, like Just yeah. like me, like we were all just starting out. Mm-hmm. Like We were all doing it for the same reason. Oh, absolutely. Like We all just wanted to like do something. Yeah. Like We didn't have opportunities to to do this otherwise so we're like fuck it let's do it now so you wouldn't do anything else right so. and so so with the first issue um a, a big learning curve i think was always like the page layouts and i still am indebted to brian um and so with issue to issue i feel like you can see them getting progressively better <laughs> yeah. um and then like with scheduling and just you know like it was my first time at coordinating events Mm -hmm. um and so that was a whole new thing for me and like also like you can tell like the evolution of like all the covers um that like we started out with a lot of text on the front covers and then like toward the sixth issue we did away with it completely and so you can kind of tell like where our taste started to evolve um and what we wanted to do differently but then also the things that we wanted to keep um like it was really cool to have a different cover artist every time see that's what i love going through that it's just like wow that was yeah that was really neat that's amazing Um, looking at that right now yeah and because they're all so different and and it's really cool like being so close to it that you can just see all like for us it's really easy to just look at these issues and be like I remember all of this. Every like, single there's one so of them. many memories just looking at these. Like, just the covers, but it's like, wow. Yeah. I don't realize how much you've done. Yeah. Until you sit back and look right. at it. Right. Like, I look at, I look at this one and I think about Ampfest. Yeah. Uh, this is the first issue 
Um, and for some reason, I look at Amp Fest for this one. Um, but I think we the only reason is that we repressed this for Amp Fest. Really? Yeah. That was another thing that sparked from it was Amp Fest, which was yeah, we did Amp so freaking fun. Ampfest was cool. It was a borderline disaster. Yeah. Um, just because like the venue was kind of strange, and we had a little bit of a um, we had a friend who had passed away during that time, and his um funeral was actually on that day. Ooh. Yeah, and damn. so it ended up being like a relatively hard day for for us because we had to keep going. Like we had to do this date, and so we actually missed his funeral for that. Um, but everyone understood and they were, they're very sweet about it. Yeah. Yeah, But it was cool at the same time. Like, you know, everyone came back and came, came to Ampfest and like it it became like a, you know, a space for everyone to come afterward. Um, and they're really great bands. Like I will never forget Ivadell's set, um, at Glenway Coffee and Books. That was awesome. So amazing. Um, basic. Yeah. I think Barrow played it. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to and it was great, it. and we Black like Square, I was maybe. very stressed out, but it was nice is that we were really close to our house, so we could go, oh, could yeah, go back to the house. Was right there. Yeah, um, and yeah, so when I look at the first issue, I think about Ampfest. I think because of that reason, um, and then there's also like the Hudat Festival that we mm-hmm. set up a couple of times that makes me think about this issue, um, the third issue. That Spencer, Spencer Ellis, dude, yeah. Shout which out to I have on my wall. Oh, so sick. Shout yeah. out to Spencer, dude. I love yeah. that dude. He's so talented. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we did a big feature on Who That Festival. And then Thomas Sarah's cover. Phenomenal, as always. Yeah. yeah. Where we talk about Head First Records and Totally Slow and the Hand to Hand Market. Mm-hmm. Tristan, yeah. Yeah. And CFBG's. And then, of course, Thieves of Tower. Thieves of Tower. Which their name is different now. Yeah. It's something, I forgot. Something Castle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Super I sick. Idea. Yeah. He's doing some cool stuff. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, and my so gosh. So, with this one, Bear the Traveler, Tate Street Festival, and Look. Oh, yeah. A column on Daniel White. Daniel White. Oh, oh, let's look at this. That's freaking crazy. I think that's the one that Travis. I, that. I think Travis did that of me. Oh look, featured writer Carlton. Carlton, he we just saw him. He just left our house. Oh. Um, Dale Lasley from uh, what is it? He oh yeah, he, he does the amps. He stuff. used to do um. What are these like? Hey, here's how to, like, what's a, here's a difference between a preamp and a power tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, a little quick facts. Here's how to, like, here are three different types of tubes inside a typical amp. Yeah, yeah. And he would write these articles. A little quick know-how. As if anyone, like, I love them, but um. That's wild. Hilarious. Yeah. Where is yours? I don't know. I think that's. I know me and Travis did some stuff in. in oh, Daniel Salem. White. There's a. There's an ad. Oh yeah, it's my first ad ever. I think in that in that issue, for my photography. That's freaking crazy. Alec Wicks is starting. Is looking to start a local project with dedicated musicians who are challenging themselves within the writing process. That's that's so much. Oh no. That's hilarious. Is we're going is looking at that right now. 
Isn't this weird? Thinking of the work putting into each page. Yeah, yeah. So I won't keep us with. No, you're with good. All it was this. It's super oh, nostalgic for me. Yeah, yeah. I remember Travis took those and. Wow, that's freaking crazy. How did you get involved with Amplifier? Daniel says, I had a friend who knew I did some photography work and he put me in contact with Jen. She liked my work and put me on the team. I was stoked as poop. <laughs> like verbatim. Like I was just like, what? why am I getting interviewed? Like I was so like. Yeah. But yeah, it was too, yeah. man. It was, a, it was such a great time. Yeah. And I mean, so yeah. so with all of that, like quickly, we went from focusing on Greensboro to focusing on larger cities within the state yeah, and so North we Carolina. did like we did greensboro we did boone we did wilmington we mm-hmm. did raleigh and i think a few more yeah yeah and then that's kind of what you see in the last several issues yeah and then we started doing like the professional binding um which makes up like the the third volume yes and then so that was good. in 2015 yes and that also led us to the festivals and just going everywhere. Yeah, and yeah, and really that. like we stopped print after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you know we were issuing them monthly, and people got uninterested. Yeah, yeah. And it sucked to see. Yeah, it did. It became a thing where like. People got really excited about it because it was something new, mm-hmm. and then it became something that people expected. Yeah, and all of the excitement died out, mm-hmm. and people stopped caring. And then, so we ended up going to seasonally, which was the last volume, which I thought would help since it was like less frequent. It didn't. Mm-mm. It didn't. Yep. And people stopped. People still just like. Treated our releases as just like a party, which in the grand scheme of things, they were a party. Yeah, they were parties. They were um, alcohol and, and all that. Music. And it was great. And we had a lot of fun. Um, but it was less about Amplifier and it was more about like utilizing this bar or space. To come drink and watch the band. And, and when you're publishing and like spending all this money just like as one person... And you're not really breaking even. It gets to the point where, like, you have to make a decision what you're going to do after that. Mm -hmm. And so I made the decision to focus more on digital and focus more on the website and less on print. And Mm -hmm. so that's when I decided to stop print. Yep. And surprisingly, well, unsurprisingly enough, the last issue's release show was, like, the biggest release ever. Yeah. Um, Which is definitely, like, one of those times where it's, like, People don't really understand what they have until it's, until gone. it's gone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so we focused on digital for a while, which worked somewhat. It didn't work as good as print because print had a defined deadline because mm-hmm. it has to go to print at some time. Digital is flexible. Yeah. And so it got to the point where we couldn't. I, I had tried my best to create a content schedule and it just didn't work because again, with like the volunteering aspect of it, I can't necessarily force someone to stay on top of a deadline. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable doing that. And so it got really fluid and it just wasn't worth it. And it got to the point where when you started free pizza, actually we were mostly just posting your stuff um, yeah. toward the end. Yeah. And then I was like, 
I'm not going to half-ass this. Like, yeah. it's time to just be like, this is it. Because yeah. Yeah. it's just not, it's not where it should be. Right. I know, I know you also try to extend it um, with bandwidth as well. Yeah, we did bandwidth, yeah. and then we ended up moving. Right. Um, and so, like, bandwidth was, like, really great, like, as a podcast. And, like, we had some really awesome episodes. And, like, mm-hmm. they were all really, really well thought out. Um, and like we had some great, um, interviews, <clears throat> but then we ended up moving to Atlanta. Right. Um, and so that kind of like halted things a little bit, mainly because, um, we didn't really know we were like in a new city. We didn't really know that many people. Um, we hadn't really ventured out into like the Skype side of things or yeah. anything like that. And it, everything was also really hectic all the time. Um, and so that kind of like we did interview a photographer in Atlanta. He was really he was awesome. incredible. Yeah, yeah, super good. And um, so th- so that was really good. But that just kind of like halted just because things weren't working anymore. Yeah, it just on um, the back end it was just not. You going can't well. you can't force people to be interested in stuff. Yeah. Stuff like I think for us, like especially me and you, like we were so really passionate about it, but. It just wasn't working. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And so it got to the point where, like, why why keep this alive when it's, like, literally just hanging on by a thread? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's sad, of course, but yeah, everything, that's just how things go. Yeah, it's the course sometimes. of everything eventually, but some right. things are sooner than you would hope. Right. Um, so kind of reflect on, if you don't mind, because most of the people you worked with were friends, and a lot of people who who go into business adventures with friends, is there something you would have done differently looking back at it now? Would you would have chosen uh, to work with people you maybe didn't know as well? Um, That's a hard question. Yeah. Um, Because I would say yes and no. Yeah. That you can find people like us, like me and you were always really able to communicate with each other in a way that we were able to separate friendship versus business business yeah. and we knew how to navigate that mm-hmm. not everyone knows how to navigate that yeah um so i won't say if if i were giving someone my advice i would say don't don't like mix business and like your friendships no if you can find find professionals like who are outside of your friend group or family group or things because yeah. it can get really difficult. Yeah. Um, but what was nice about Amplifier is that I was comfortable around everyone. I was able to speak my mind clearly. I was able to be myself. Um, whereas a lot of the time, like in my past experiences where it's, it's a little bit more difficult to like be openly creative around like str- complete strangers. That's true. That's I know a true. lot of people don't necessarily have that problem, but I, I definitely do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, um, I would probably discourage it for the most part. Yeah. But um, for me, it was kind of like a, it worked and then it didn't work. Right. Um, right. Just kind of depending on personalities. Right. Right. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, like our our personalities, like my and your personality, was like really great for that. But oh, yeah. then other people don't necessarily like mesh that well. Yeah, because it's like people kind of missing deadlines. It's like, oh, you're doing a cool. It's fine. Yeah. You know, it's not really taking that seriously obviously yeah. had an effect on, on the right. friendship as well yeah. and also the business which you were doing so yeah. it was very, i'm sure it was very frustrating right you know, because it's, it's easy to cut someone off you don't know you know if they were acting like that yeah you know? it's, it's but, a lot easier to put your foot down um 
But and then like yeah, it's a lot easier to put your foot down if you find yourself in that position. Yeah. If you find yourself in that position a lot of the time. Yeah. Don't work with people you know. Yeah, I I can't I agree you know? with you so many. But so like on that. for me, it became the point where like there were so many people who were raising their hand to be a part of it, and it's like I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good trial and error, especially like with future endeavors where like, okay, now I know yeah, what to yeah. do and what not to do. I think I'm going to do a podcast one day soon, this year probably on how to navigate working with your friends yeah. and creative stuff. I would love to be a part of yeah, that conversation. I, th- I figure you and some of the people I have in mind would be like, they yeah. have great insight on yeah, how that's, they can that's go, a great idea. How they can go right or wrong, but right. we'll save that for a different episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, Amplifier Dissolved, you were in Atlanta. Yeah, I was in, actually, I was in Philly. So it was, at that point, it was in Philadelphia when it yeah. fully dissolved. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, Atlanta, I think, the entire time, almost, it was hanging on by a thread. Like, yeah. I mean, it almost went, like, complete silent. Um, yeah, I remember in that. In Atlanta. Because, I mean, it takes a lot of work to go from state to state, <laughs> even from, yeah. like, Greensville to Atlanta. But it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was a big change for us. And, um... And so, and then we went from Atlanta to Philadelphia. Um, and I think that's right right around the time that you went to Free Pizza. You'd start yeah, doing Free, free pizza. pizza. was 2017. And we were figuring out all the, Well, actually, no. That was that was Atlanta. Yeah, that so was Atlanta. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then Amplifier kind of stopped. Or I made, like, the actual announcement while we were in Philly. Yes. So that was sometime last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, well... Two years from now, I yeah. guess, 2018. God, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, two years. Yeah, weird. Wow. Um, But anyway, yeah, and so that's kind of when that happened. Was so, Philly. in Philadelphia, and obviously you're kind of telling us, like, you don't go into, you know, deep about it, but how were you feeling at that point, seeing it kind of be put to rest? Um, I don't think that I ever processed it. Yeah. Um, cause I think that like, I think I remember Alec thinking that I was like going to actually like, yeah, like really, really come to terms with it. Um, but it got to the point I think where it stressed me out so incredibly much yeah. that I was ready for it. Okay. That I yeah. knew that it was time to just be like, this is done. Yeah. Like this is done. Um, there's no point in holding on to it. Um, it did a lot of really great things and just looking at all this stuff and looking back at all these memories is like incredible. Yeah. Um, I did get sad. I, I mean, several times, but at the time I remember being like kind of relieved that like, finally, like I don't want to do something half-assed at all. Yeah. Um, and it's not fair to the people involved and like the name in general to just keep it going for, for what reason like, yeah. you have to be able to know when to stop. When, yeah. and be able to pinpoint the time where the thing that you're doing isn't working anymore. Absolutely. That's part of the hardest part of being a creative. Yeah. There's no when something's done. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. okay. So moving on past that. So out of that, you were in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but between that, you kind of had some other jobs that you were doing. Yeah. That were kind of vital to your journey. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So when we were moving from Atlanta to Philadelphia... I started looking at jobs, mm-hmm. um, and I found a digital editor position at Philadelphia Magazine. Mm-hmm. 
which I was like, oh hell yes. yeah. I mean, yeah, from your internship, like, you that was is like amazing. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. do this because like Philly Mag was like you know one of the biggest magazines in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get an email back, and they want to interview me, and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and so it was like the only problem was is that it was like an associate editor position. Um, so it was like a step below what I was doing, mm-hmm. and but I was like, I don't care. We're yeah. gonna do this. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out. And then we ended up moving. And so at this point, I was a contractor at the company I was working at, um, at Pace. Yeah. And um, we ended up moving, and then I was like still within like the interview process at Philly Mag, and. Um, I got let go at pace Mm -hmm. Um, for no other reason other than it was like a financial thing with contractors. The business. Yeah. It was a really terrible situation. Mm -hmm. However, there's a little bit of silver lining in that I got the Philly Mag job. Absolutely. How many times? And they, Pace actually offered my job back and I said, thanks but no thanks. Um, And I took this job. Yeah. And it was 100% not what I thought it was going to be. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so yeah. I was at this job for three months. And the main reason was a lot of the position was kind of like an internship level thing. Mm-hmm. Where like the main editorial director who was very um, helpful and was like nice in um, learning the ins and outs, I guess, of how it worked, how Philly Mag worked digitally. But a lot of what I was doing was like his like grunt work, um, and would love to put that nicely, but that's just really what it was. That's what it is, yeah. And it was like building newsletters and stuff like daily, and like staying on top of like the news, like like with there's like a news cadence in the morning where like you have to for some reason you have to publish at eight thirty and then nine and then ten and then ten thirty and then like eleven thirty, mm-hmm. and then so it was like keeping up with that cadence. But then also, like, filling in their gaps of, like, what they were missing digitally, which was, like, an SEO strategy. Their website was terrible. Um, They had no social media strategy whatsoever. They weren't utilizing Twitter as a news media outlet. And so it was, like, trying to, like, like, um, list out all of their gaps Mm -hmm. and try to solve for all of their problems while like keeping up with all of this guy's like grunt work. And I wasn't writing. I wasn't editing. I was doing nothing. You was doing like whatever. I was literally like they, they, they don't, well, I don't know if they pay their internship, so I won't say that, but they could have utilized an internship for what they were like, for what they were, were what I were doing. Yeah. And I was miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I was absolutely miserable and it didn't help that like I wasn't treated great mm-hmm. and I had taken a pay cut and it just generally was not like my environment yeah, that I wanted yeah. to be in. And so I ended up talking to my old job about getting like a contract back and then ended up taking that and getting paid more. And during that time I realized that I want to keep doing that. Like, well, actually, let me backtrack. I kind of realized that, like, my love for copywriting, mm-hmm. um, which is what I was doing at Pace. Yes. Um, so it was copywriting and editing. Mm-hmm. And I did not like what I was doing at Philly Mag, which I think is not, like, a great representation of what it's like to work at 
a website. Um, but at the same time, I was like, I loved what I was doing so much more, which was just like a lot of writing and editing and mm-hmm. like, like brainstorming, like campaign ideas and like writing social media and like, you know, just all, like all of this, like different kinds of things and like actually being creative. Like I wasn't ever creative at Philly Mag because mm-hmm. I was doing someone's work who didn't want to do like the, doing someone's work that they didn't want to do. Right. Just give it to Jen. And I'm not like. That's not what you signed up for. And so I ended up being like, I'm good on that. And then went back to pace. And I felt a lot happier in the fact that, like, I was going along, like, a path that I thought, like, okay, this is actually sustainable. This is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then after that, I kind of – so, like, I went back to pace. Then we moved back to Raleigh mm-hmm. and then went back to Pace full time instead of being a contractor and then ended up becoming a senior editor and mm-hmm. copywriter there at the beginning of 2019. And um, I got like a few, as we moved to Raleigh, I got a few um, job offers for like being an editor at like whatever local Raleigh website. And then that's when I became like, when I realized I didn't like that job would be great if I didn't want to do that on my own. Right. Um, and I was like, I know that I could potentially fill a gap like we did with amplifier and create a website and fill a gap in that, in like that news media because I like North Carolina doesn't have much of that. You know, we have our, news channels and their respective websites. And then we have our state and a few other things that are all like exactly the same. And all you have to do is like change out the title and it's all the same content. content, Um, that I know how to fill in that gap. Mm -hmm. And that became a dream of mine to want to figure out how to do that. And I was like, I don't know what this is going to be one day, but I don't want to work for you and do this because I want to do this myself one day. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I owe that to Philly Mag to some extent for showing me that. Yeah. That, like, I don't want to answer to this guy wanting me to do his grunt work. I want to be able to call the shots for this whole thing because I feel like I know how I can do that. Absolutely. Especially within the state of North Carolina with our experience with Amplifier. Yes. So. I have a question. So... Before we go to um, kind of where you are now in pace and freelancing, did the, your experience at Philadelphia Mag kill your desire to work for another magazine? Because um, I know, what, like, high school you, you know, that's kind of what you wanted to do, like music stuff or a publication. I think yes and no. Yeah. Um, like what I was saying earlier, I don't, I don't, so I think the problem with Philly Mag is that it was the position. Yeah. If it had been a higher position, if I had been given a little bit more responsibility, I think it would have been fine. Um, But it was the fact that, like, the work that I was doing was just, like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, you have interns, like, on on this table who are looking for something to do, and they could easily do do this right now. Right. Um, I think it became the realization that, like, hey, I could do this for someone else. And I don't want to, like... I want to do this myself yeah. kind of thing. Um, and that's really what it became. So it wasn't like a, I don't want to ever work for a magazine. 
Like if it if it were something other than like you know culture or something like that, it would be fine. But yeah. like otherwise, it feels like if I took a position at a magazine specifically, like in North Carolina, it would be a conflict of interest because I wouldn't be able to do that myself one day for your for yourself. Yeah, which we'll get into a little bit later. Yeah, awesome. And kind of tell us the difference because I don't know this honestly. A copywriter and an editor and a writer. What is the difference between those? Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> it's funny because I never set out to be a copywriter. Yeah. Um, again, like I always wanted to be a music journalist. And so something I didn't touch on yet is that Amplifier led me into my job at Pace. Right. Um, which is a creative agency in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. And um, so I owe all of my experience with Amplifier to getting me this job yeah. and leading me into a career that I have today. And um, so I started out as an editor as an associate editor. So a lot of that too was like a lot of grunt work. I say, yeah. Honestly. And yeah. um so it started out like on Verizon Wireless and then went to Verizon Fios. Um Verizon Fios we did a um an online content hub of mm-hmm. like just honestly really fun articles. And I have a fr- a friend who I am still friends with today. She left and I kind of like assumed her position and became the editor of that content website of Verizon. Yeah. And so, and it was really fun. Like it was just really like witty articles and it was great. And like, we practically had no clients, so they didn't really care what we did. So we just like wrote stuff and it was fun. It was kind of, that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, I was able to write like some of my like favorite articles that are like on my front page of my portfolio because of of Fios. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and like, those are like the greatest articles. Um, and so that became like a big portion of my editing side of things or like, I guess w- when that kind of started. And so how that kind of worked was, is that like you would have, you would sign out articles and then the articles would come to you and you would edit them. Okay. And so you edit them to whatever like style, like AP style, um, you edit them to the, like the brand voice and tone and like whatever their like writing guidelines are. Um, so it can be something as simple as like, is there an, Oxford comma, or is there not an Oxford comma, or mm-hmm. is there a space before and after an M dash, those kind of things. Um, and then also with my Latin experience, I have a really like great sense of grammar and sentence structure. And so when it comes to content marketing and just articles in general, in journalism in general, like everything should be simplistic. And Latin is kind of like that, mm-hmm. where you learn sentence structure and you know how things should be in a simplistic way. And so I feel like I have that like Latin experience from college. And was able to apply that in editing. And so I feel like that that's like a big portion of like why I've been so successful with editing because of all that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was able to go from like editing from like Verizon Wireless to Fios to Lyft mm-hmm. to um, BB&T and Stainmaster yeah. and writing for Gold's Gym mm-hmm. um, and then AAA. That's and AAA sick. was my last account at Pace. And so a lot of it was like 50% writing or like 50% writing. Well, almost like 25% writing articles, mm-hmm. 25% copywriting, and then 50% editing. Wow. And so the difference between, in my eyes, copywriting goes is that writing is like writing an article mm-hmm. um, for like a blog or something. Copywriting could be like writing a social post. Or writing like a tagline or a headline for a um, like a magazine. Okay. And so, 
copywriting is kind of like solving a puzzle within a really, really tiny confined space. Let's say you only have a little bit to write. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and for the most part you have like 10 different things that you have to solve. Like the client wants you to be like, Hey, I want you to touch on this thing and I want you to end on this thing. And then this is what you need to advertise. And this is the thing, this is what you need to say. And they have all these like different like things that you need to check off. And it's up to you as a copywriter to check all those things off within 90 characters or less. That's freaking not yeah, a lot. It's hard. All. It's hard. 90 characters? Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, and, and yeah, so a big part of that is just, I don't know. I mean, especially like when you're copywriting for like brands and like advertising and marketing and stuff, like you have to understand their brand and mm-hmm. their guidelines and stuff. And that makes things a lot, a lot easier. But then also like reading a lot and like, like, you know, just reading stuff in general and like getting like a taste of like other people's like style of writing so you can have that inspiration. Yeah. Um, is really good for that kind of, that kind of thing. That's funny. I was actually, I was absolutely going to ask you, um, how do you enhance those skills as far as being able to write, you know, within those character uh-huh. limits and I was, you have to read a lot to write well. I, you know? I don't know. Like, honestly, I feel like I don't read enough. Yeah. Just because, like, we have a new puppy and, <laughs> like, there's stuff. so much going on yeah. all at the same time. And so, honestly, like, I hate to admit it that, like... Shelf Life Art and Supply Company is an independently owned new and used art supply store at 2178 Lawndale Drive in Greensboro, North Carolina. At Shelf Life... You can find professional quality art supplies, pre-owned treasures, art classes, custom framing, and occasionally Daniel White recording the free pizza podcast in our classroom. Visit our website at www.shelflifeart.com and come see us Tuesday through Saturday in the historic Lawndale Shopping Center at the corner of Lawndale and Cornwallis Drive. You'll be supporting the local economy, the environment, artists and creators, and this podcast right here. Shelf Life Art and Supply Company, supporting triad artists since 2014. I do not read as much as I like, yeah. but that's something I definitely want to change. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also just finding inspiration everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, because yeah. copywriting is literally everywhere. It's li- yeah. So every time like we sit down and watch a TV, we pay attention to commercials. Yeah. We don't ignore commercials. Really? Yeah. I didn't think about that because it's kind of what you're doing for these uh, companies yeah, anyways. Yeah, we enjoy watching commercials yeah, in yeah. our house. Like, we we make fun of them. Yeah. We love them. They're cheesy sometimes. We laugh at them. Yeah. And because they're they're creative in their own way. I mean, commercials are creative. Yeah, a little short films. They're advertising, yeah. you know, and they're, they are getting better and better, but some things just absolutely suck. Yeah. You know, and so that that's also a whole other thing is like, you know, staying on top of like a big thing that for me with like inspiration is like social media. Like I follow a lot, a lot of brands. And so anytime I see something that I think is wrong, I screenshot it. Anytime I ever think I see something that is really awesome, I screenshot it. So it's like kind of the same purpose of like, here's what's not to do. And here's what we really should strive to do. Yeah. Um, cause a lot of what I do is social media. So on top of writing, it's also like staying on top of like the platforms that you're writing for and seeing like what other brands you like and see what they're doing so you can how you can get like inspiration from there. Absolutely. Um like even as far as like email headlines, like I screenshot a lot of like email headlines and like how people are doing those now where 
a lot of email templates are like you have your head, your email subject line, and then you have like a preview text. A lot of companies like in brands like Glossier are leaving them blank because if really? you, yeah, if you look at your like Gmail like inbox, you have your bold subject lines and then like there's text. And so if you think about it that you have like all this like text right here and if you see one that's completely empty, that one stands out to you. So it wow, makes sense to leave know, it blank in a way. Yeah. Wow. So it's like looking in like little things like that, like in my job and like my career path, looking into things like that, like as something as simple as like your inbox, your newsfeed, like um, just something like stuff that's as simple as that, like, you know, yes, you should read like by all means. Yeah. Um, but there are also so many other ways that you can like gain inspiration from. Yeah, yeah. From like what to do and what not to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, so if you're looking at you know those uh, references every day from other companies and all that, you're gaining the knowledge. Yeah. You know, knowledge from that as well. I wish yep. you learn a lot from what you see out in the world. So right. that's very smart that you pay attention to commercials and emails and all yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that honestly of how the way that's written is really you know impactful to uh, a consumer. Right. You know. Yeah, it's all copywriters. Yeah, that's nuts. Those are copywriters. Yeah. Wow. See, I, didn't, I never so know. So you think about like text on a text on a commercial, mm -hmm. the VO on a commercial, mm -hmm. the caption, like for a social post for a brand, yeah, um, anything like that. That is a copywriter, copywriter. and that's uh, you like that more than just regular writing. What would you, what would you say you um, like, like doing best? I kind of love it all. Yeah. Like. Copywriting is nice because it does feel like you are solving like some sort of a puzzle. Yeah. And that's really that's really um, hard to me. Like Absolutely. that's a challenge. Like yeah. I, I want to be able to solve that. Um, and some are easier than others for sure. Um, and but then writing, I like long form writing. Yeah. Um, and so and I and I love editing. So my yeah. pervert world, I can do all of it. Yeah, which is time. very good to have, good, yeah. good skills to have. Yeah. How do you, how do you, um, I guess, go about, obviously you send these in to get edited to make sure the brand likes it. Have you gotten any pushback on some uh, content you've done? Um, <laughs> yes. So how do you, how do so, you do that? That's a really hard question because like, like when you're working for an agency, you of course have to send all your stuff over to the client and anyone who works at an agency will know that even though you know the stuff that you've done is good, they're not always going to think that. That's my point. Yeah. And so yeah. you have to be able to walk that fine line of being able to stand up for your work mm -hmm. and also stand up for in a way that's not insulting their them yeah and so i think that that's kind of like a good strength to have like going into any kind of work setting to be able to like stand up for your work in a way that makes someone understand why it's good yeah and so i feel like i've gotten a little bit better about that like as i've had more experience in a professional setting especially like within an agency setting yeah that like hey i really love like all this like social stuff i did and then we get client feedback and then they've like ripped apart two or three things and be like, yeah. actually, this is, this is my response to them. Like, and this is what I think we should say. And right. so what you pretty much need is like your creative director and account person like sign off and be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
and they'll send it and then usually like all it is is just standing up for what you're doing like having a purpose and having a strategy behind it and like having a passion behind what you're doing and know that it's good yes and have it be purposeful and meaningful um and just knowing how to stand up for that i love that yeah yeah so how do you navigate that in freelance um, for me, it's not very hard because, um, like, yeah, I have a different, I probably have a different like situation with freelance than most people. Like I write a lot of, um, B2B social okay. and, yeah. um, articles and it's mainly for a friend. Okay. So I'm like right. good friends with like the person I freelance for. That's awesome. So I personally don't have to deal with that right, so you as don't much. Have any... So I don't necessarily have like any like clients. That's so awesome. To speak. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I freelance for a friend. So that's my life like, is easier when it comes to freelancing. That's like a perfect situation to be in. Especially with someone yeah. with your work ethic and you know, you're very reliable and loyal. They're probably yeah. nothing to worry about. So it's probably easy to get those jobs. It's done. very easy, yeah. I hate you so much. I love, yeah. I'm so envious of that. <laughs> if I have something that's kind of regular, you yeah, know, source right. of income in. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, if So say if, for someone who's listening, they want to find freelance work. And they're not as lucky as to have a friend. How do you go about that? Do you know? Uh, make a website. Yeah, make a know. portfolio. And the crappy thing is, is that people do not make great templates for writing portfolios. Yeah. Nothing's going to look that great. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Um, but just make one and link out to your stuff and just put everything on there and make it accessible and cold email people. Like I, oh, I, yeah, I, I that, started yeah. doing that, um, and I got a couple of hits. And they didn't necessarily go anywhere, um, but I started like cold emailing a bunch of agencies in Raleigh, mm-hmm. and was like, "Hey, like I'm not necessarily looking for free, like like full time work, but um, you know, I would love like freelance opportunities. Um, and here's my website, and mm-hmm. here's what I'm interested in. Here are all my strengths, but you can find more information on my website." Um, and that actually, like, I didn't think that that was going to work. Like, I was just, like, kind of desperate at the time. And, and it totally worked. Um, that's nuts. Yeah. And so that's, like, that's honestly the extent of what I've done. But that's not to say that you shouldn't, like, if you really like some, like, local brand, um, like, in your city, and you've pinpointed something that you could do for them, email them. Yeah. Yeah. Email them in a nice way, of course, like not being like, hey, your like website sucks or something. But like, hey, I've pinpointed a way that like, you know, you could do this better or something yeah. like that. Um, and just take a chance. Yeah. Like yeah. you really have no idea. Like you have no clue where like something could go if you don't just like reach out to people. That's that's absolutely true. I've, I've made comments with you about Eric, Eric Ginsburg. Yeah. That's kind of, you told me about that when we interviewed him a while ago, of, uh, how he kind of got to where he is. Yeah. And that's pretty much Cody Mel. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's how you do it with writing, I yeah. think, for a lot a lot of people. That's so crazy. Yeah. So, and that's a little segue. So, segue back into um, kind of, because I guess eventually you got to where you transitioned out of there completely. Out of pace. Out of pace. Yeah. So. I, um, and now a copywriter at Red Hat. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. Like, yeah. So yeah. big of a software company. It's a dream job for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it is intimidating for a lot of people, too. <laughs> um, 
it's a great company and I'm very um, lucky to be there. Um, I can't speak a lot on it just because I've only been there two months and a lot of people say that it takes like six months to a year to really understand what is going on. Yes. Um, just because it's open source software. So there's a lot of stuff happening and they, they offer a ton of products. Um, and so there's a, there's a big learning curve there, but, um, I'm really excited about the possibilities The people there are all really smart and very kind. Um, and it's nice to be just one to work for a company like Red Hat. Everyone knows Red Hat, at least here. And I'm excited for those, like where this is going to potentially lead. That's going to be so, so great. Yeah. I I'm t- excited. I remember you telling me about that and I've known about Red Hat. Red Hat, I study IT in school, so Red yeah. Hat is a humongous company. Yeah. Like, they do a lot. Yeah, and they're, they're a great company, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they were voted the third best company to work for in the entire world for 2019. That's insane. Yeah. And is, is it just in Raleigh? Are there other sites? Um, Their headquarters is in Raleigh, but they have offices everywhere. And they have re- remote employees everywhere. That's sick. Yeah. So that might potentially be an opportunity for you to work from anywhere one day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we'll see. So what has been the biggest difference you've seen, it could be positive or negative, from working from Pace, who's a, more of an agency, to like a you know company of that stature? Um, right now, it's the work. Like, at Pace, I was doing so many different little things, and now at Red Hat, I'm not. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that it, that's not going to happen, but that's been a really big learning, or like, not a learning curve, but just like, a huge difference for me where I'm used to like touching a bunch of different types of content and now I can't. Mm -hmm. Um, But those opportunities are going to be readily available. I think as time goes on. Um, And then also like with red hat, like just the amenities, like just like a simple amenities are just like absolutely astounding to me. Um, Like they have a food court inside the building they like have a company shut down during the holidays. Like, there's so many like different little things that I'm just want, like absolutely not used to. You've been off for like two weeks. Yeah, like right? a week and a half, and I go have to go back tomorrow, and I'm so sad. It's such a bummer that Christmas is fell on the day it fell on our New Year's. I know. You have to go on back Thursday. on a Thursday. <laughs> didn't work. I guess it's fine. Like you have to work for two days and then you back off. Yeah. Yeah. So. So it's not terrible. Yeah, but why? Wow, it's such a huge difference than what you're used to but I, I mean, it seems very more positive than anything yeah a, like a really great positive environment um i definitely miss the people i used to work with but that's not to say that i can't have those same relationships here yeah absolutely so. you're still gonna freelance yourself too right yeah 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 that's amazing i have a wedding to pay for so oh yeah but i say the wedding's coming up that's gonna yeah. be that's that's also exciting yeah that's yeah. very fresh yeah Oh my goodness! The world is very happy about that. Yeah. By the way, I'm sure you've noticed <laughs> it when you posted it. Huge congratulations! I love you Thank too you. so much. So yeah, what's what's the uh, so what's I mean obviously uh, this is not the last you know thing on your mind as far as you being a creative. You know this yeah. is only another step working for Red Hat and stuff. So uh, what else do you have in the works? Um. So right now, like honestly, I think a big portion of my time is just going to really be focusing on my job job and so like understanding like what red hat is and like how i can like be better at that um because a big portion of like my job as a writer is to be able to understand the brand Mm -hmm. um and then also freelancing and then um looking into the possibility of revamping 
Yes. Amplifier. That is a uh, humongous news, and I guess it's the first time that anyone's yeah. ever spoken about it. Yeah. Um, with my good friends, um, Holly Layton mm-hmm. and James Nichols. Shout out to those both. Both from Greensboro. Um, we're looking into the idea. Yeah. And you're exploring. Yeah. That's about all I'll say. That's all. That's all we need to hear. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, for obvious reasons, yeah. I was a part of it. Yeah. Um, that's so badass. Yeah. Is it crazy, like, kind of thinking about the the 16-year-old you and the writing class to thinking of the whole, your whole journey to now? Like, how crazy yeah. is that? I feel like she would be proud. Yeah. I, I wonder if she'd be, like, a little bit disappointed. I'm yeah. not sure. But um, I think, like, with, like, looking at all these, like, amplifiers in front of me, like, I'm – I have no regrets. Like, I have – like, I'm I'm cool with how things have gone. Yeah. Um, it's just – now like learning that like with how you know with age i feel it comes more responsibilities and understanding like how to manage all that time no um especially with like you know um navigating the possibility of doing the revamp of amplifier and stuff so yeah yeah i think like six-year-old me would be cool with this very happy yeah yes and uh, i always ask the advice question but you've dropped some jewels throughout this whole entire yeah. thing like, just taking <laughs> risks and trying things out and yeah. you know sometimes things aren't gonna what they uh seem you know seem to be from the outside working for the magazines yeah. and the whatever philadelphia magazines oh this sounds great from the outside but you get in there it's not what you thought it was gonna be and right. that's a part of the creative this whole entire struggle yeah, it really is. As far as it's so hard, just try it. Yeah, at least try it, yeah. and then if it's not what you wanted, if it's not what you wanted, leave. Just leave and try something else. Yeah, you go know. on to the next thing. That should be the mantra for twenty twenty. Just yeah. freaking try it. Yeah, just try it. You know what I'm saying? You have nothing to lose. But yeah, this has been great. We might be encroaching on Nike with that, but oh, oh, that's true. Fine. When we, you know what? We can fight them. We'll take Nike. I mean, yeah. it's just Nike. Yeah, yeah. it'll be all right. <laughs> it's just Nike. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But no, this is all just so long overdue. I know. I'm so happy. I just asked you this yesterday to do this, and I'm happy that you were. Yeah. You were down because I was in here for New Year's. We ended like, without a headache. I'm my yeah. headache has been cured. How, so. See, look at you. Yeah. Like look at, two look hours at us. ago, she was just like, ah, I want to sleep. This would be a little, maybe it'd be like a like a trial. You know, <laughs> if we don't like it, we I can think just, it went okay. No, I think it went very well. Cool. It was kind of emotional for me just because amplifier yeah. was like, you know, is amazing and <laughs> the biggest part of. You know, a big part of my life. So, yeah. so many memories came from that. So, Same. I'm thinking about all the festivals we went to and the hotels. Oh my gosh, all, all the milk fests, all the hopscotches. We'll, we'll say that for a different show. Yeah. We oh had god, yeah, we need to amazing. talk about that. But yes, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. It's the best free piece would not be a thing without you. Oh, that's so sweet. you are appreciated. I still don't like you that much. Yeah. No, I hate you. I can't. The wait hate to is my still house. there, but yeah. Anyways, this has been hasty <laughs> interview, and we are out of here thank you for listening much love bye bye the free pizza podcast we are on spotify itunes soundcloud just go on the google app store go on everywhere check us out on instagram facebook myspace live journal twitter we tweet we'll do smoke sniggles whatever y'all need thank y'all so much have a good night